In this episode, I talk about a lot of personal stuff and then pay really long and weird tribute to Gord Downey from The Tragically Hip. That's what we're doing. I don't know. I'm your host, Eric Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Checkmates, it's your old Uncle Derek coming to you from an, unseason- uh, an, uh, an unseasonably warm day in St. Louis, Missouri. I am two seconds into the fucking show and I've fucked up the diction. Uh, also, I said fuck twice before the first minute. You're not supposed to do that. It's, al- it's uh, a problem with the algorithm. Uh, when you say fuck too early in a show, it's supposed to be at least a minute in before you do that. But I've done it, and uh, I know me, so I don't think I'm going to end up editing this in the future. So, uh, sorry about that, algorithm. Please forgive me. Fuck, 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 fuck. It was warm in St. Louis today. It got into the uh, 60s. I think 62 degrees is what we hit. On February 6th. Boy, that kind of sounds like our planet dying, doesn't it? When it's 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 62, almost the mid-60s in St. Louis on February 6th. That, uh, it's over. The planet's over. Everybody stop having kids. They're not going to have a future. The planet is dying. Uh, sorry. Sorry to be the the venue that tells you that, but that's that's just kind of that's just kind of obvious, and I feel like it would be irresponsible not to acknowledge it. Hope you're doing okay wherever you are. I'm doing uh, uh, all right. I'm doing a whole lot better than I was when I first started trying to record this episode. When I uh, uh, when I when I, uh, this is my second take at the episode, I guess I should say that, you don't know that, sitting there at home, or in your car, or wherever you are. Maybe some of you are jogging. If you're jogging, I don't know what you're doing listening to a pop culture show, but you might be jogging, or at the gym. If so, uh, what is that like? Email me at db at to give me some idea of what it's like to put any effort into your physical appearance at all. Uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I started recording this one and I didn't like how it was going because I had absolutely no plan and I was just kind of talking and it got weirdly personal and emotional in a way that I'm not happy about. Uh, so we're doing take two right now and I'm feeling a lot better now. Uh, part of the reason for that is, uh, probably that I'm drinking a Manhattan uh, a Manhattan that is actually a, a, a pre-made cocktail made by the Bullet Bourbon people. The Bullet Bourbon people are now making a pre-made Manhattan. They're also making a pre-made uh, uh, Old Fashioned. Although, if you're making a pre-made Old Fashioned, I don't quite understand what's in it. Because every Old Fashioned I've ever been served at a place has a bunch of weird 
orange rinds and shit in it that I don't know what all it is. I have no idea how to make an old-fashioned. A Manhattan is very simple. It's my go-to cocktail of choice. I really like a Manhattan. It's very simple. Just rye whiskey, uh, sweet vermouth, bitters, and garnish with a cherry. It's simple. It's elegant. It tastes wonderful. And the Bullet Bourbon people have pre-made that for us. And God bless them for doing so. Uh, when I make my own, I go a little bit heavier on the rye. I go a little bit heavier on the bitters. But at the same time... well, And obviously I have to pro provide my own cherry in the bullet version. But at the same time, if I were served this mix of Manhattan at a bar... Every time that bar came up in conversation, I would say, Oh, I really like that place. They make a great Manhattan. You know? So, good job, Bullet. You make a great Manhattan, which is no surprise, because you also make great whiskeys. So, uh, Bullet uh, pre-made Manhattan. Give it, a, give it a try when you're at your, at your grocery store. The bottle is even really cool. The bottle is like super heavy glass that like, uh, uh, just like even the person at the grocery store where I bought it commented on it. She's like, this little body's, this little bottle's heavy. This little body. This little bottle's heavy. And I was like, yeah, I, I was surprised by that too. Uh, it's a very heavy bottle, very thick glass, very kind of cool. Uh, it's wrapped in a full plastic wrap, which is really only my one criticism about it, is that it's wrapped in a way that it made accessing the cork, or really, I guess, the stopper because it's rubber, it made uh, accessing the stopper impossible because the full plastic wrap over the entire bottle cut you off from that. And personally, I had to get a uh, a razor knife and cut around the the area where the the wrap should come off. And uh, uh, no one wants to involve a razor blade in uh, in with their whiskey. That's uh, that's just not a good idea. And uh, but I had to. And it worked out, but it was difficult to get into the drink. Uh, once I got into the drink, I had a really good time, but it just, uh... Yeah, uh, Bullet, if I have one observation and criticism to make, fix that immediately. Put a perforation in there, right around the top. Let us, let us actually get into the drink to enjoy it, because everything else about it is perfect. If a bar that I went to sold me this Manhattan, I would say, wow, that's a great Manhattan. Let's go to that bar again. It's uh, otherwise perfect, but just the, the lack of a perforation really bothered me. Uh, it's got me feeling really good <laughs> right now, and that's, uh, that's really all you can ask of a, of, a, uh, of a drink, of a cocktail particularly, is that it makes you feel a little bit warmer, a little bit happier, and Bullet Bourbon has certainly done this. Absolutely not a sponsorship deal, by the way. I'm sponsored by no one and nothing. Uh, I just liked the thing, and I thought I'd tell you that I liked it. So uh, there you go. There's my little endorsement, I guess. Uh, not that it means anything. I, endorsements mean nothing for me, but there's my little kind of endorsement, I guess, for Bullet Bourbon's uh, pre-made Manhattan cocktail. It's really, really good. Uh, other endorsements I can give are things that actually do impact me. So let me uh, let me do that, I guess. Um, there are some websites of interest that go along with the show. If you like the show, there's a companion blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. There's usually photos and stuff there. Uh, we'll see how much there is this week. I'm really not sure. But there's uh, usually photos and stuff there that you can enjoy and additional writings and things. 
The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. It's available on all of the apps that are the popular apps. You're probably listening to it on one now. If it's not available on your app of choice, please let me know and I will get it there. Uh, I probably think it already is there, but somebody changed their rules and didn't tell me. If you want to know more about me, please go over to DerekBrink.com, which was not working over the weekend. More on that later, maybe. Uh, the, the long story short is the people that host it didn't send me an invoice to renew it this year, so I forgot, I, I didn't know that I was supposed to renew it, so the domain expired for about 24 hours, because I didn't get any kind of notice that it was going to do so. If you'd like to host my website, please let me know. I think I'm looking. Uh, my email was also down, but uh, DerekBrink.com is up again. So is my email, db at DerekBrink.com, where you can email me your thoughts and opinions on anything that I say, uh, including any resumes you want to give me for your website hosting and or design. Uh, if you want to know more about my music, if you like my music, you like the songs that you hear throughout the show, it's all available for absolutely free over at derekbrink.bandcamp.com. All you do is enter zero as your purchase price, and you can have it. I don't collect your email address. I won't even know that you took it. I would just love it if you loved it. And I already said the thing about the email, so I think we're good. I think we can move on into the actual show. Uh, it has been a week for me. In the past week, I have, let's see, I've been to the DMV, which is a nightmare in its own. I deeply personally insulted someone at the DMV, of which I am not proud, uh, of which I have attempted to make amends, and I won't go into that because it's personal. But I'm, I'm just going to say that I know that I hurt someone's feelings, and I tried to make amends. That's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, that's the right thing to do, no matter how it works out. Just, just know that. Stick that in your heart somewhere. Keep it there. That, that's happened. Uh, uh, I, I went to the DMV. It was a problem. Uh, in the past week, I've also had my identity stolen... On, on Instagram, not in a way that caused me any real problems, but on Instagram, someone cloned my account, used my face, used my name, contacted my friends, and tried to get them to give them money. Uh, that, that, that happened. I uh, uh, gained access to this person, and am still sending them abusive messages on Instagram, because... I, uh, I, I came at them so aggressively that they stopped using my name and face and changed their Instagram handle to someone else's name and face, but didn't actually close the account, they just changed the name because they're that fucking stupid, because most criminals are. Uh, so I'm still going at them in a way that I'm both proud and ashamed of. Uh, but uh, that happened. Like, I had to deal with that. It's kind of over for me, but it's also not, because I'm not going away until this person does. Uh, and they are eventually going to go away. Uh, someone's going to figure out who they are, and stealing people's identity and likeness is a felony. So this person's going to go away. Uh, they stole my name and face on Instagram. Which was inevitable. I mean, it happens to everybody at some point. Someone's going to clone your Facebook, someone's going to clone your Insta, whatever. Uh, it's more likely when you, uh, have, uh, 
when you're a guy like me who has a little bit of a public presence, I've got this podcast, I've got a music career, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's, I have a little bit of a public-facing identity that leads to my social media being open and findable and that kind of thing, and that makes me a little bit more of a target. And it happened, and I've uh, dealt with it uh, in a very Derek way. I, of course, reported them. I, of course, you know, took those actions. But for some reason, the dumbass didn't uh, block me, didn't keep me from messaging them. So I... I didn't have a lot to do this weekend, so I spent my entire weekend virtually just sending them message after message about how they're going down, about how they shouldn't be doing this, about how terrible of a person they are. Uh, I dipped into—I I, I started trying to find their deepest insecurities and issues with their parents— uh, I, I started, uh, tiptoeing around how, like, you realize I'm the only person who's talking to you. Like, the people that you're trying to scam, they're not talking. I'm the one who's talking to you. I'm the only person who's talking to you, and I hate you, but I'm the only person who's talking to you. What does that feel like? I started trying to break them down emotionally. To the point where Instagram still hasn't gotten rid of them. But I did. They changed their name and face to someone else's name and face. And you know what? They cloned someone else. They spoofed someone else because they're using someone else's name and face and just have numbers in the name. So I'm still going at them. And I let the other person that they're now cloning know that, uh, hey, this person stole your identity and uh, I'm going after them and you should too. Uh, I, uh, I take that kind of thing seriously. You don't use my name, you don't use my face to attack my friends and to try to scam money out of my friends. I take that real personally. So uh, this person's going down, and if I have anything to do with it, they'll eventually do time. Even if I don't have anything to do with it, they're so stupid, they're eventually going to do time. They are leaving so many footprints that it's just going to be so easy to follow them. So that, that's been a big part of my week. And the DMV was a big part of my week and and kind of continued to be up through today. Uh, and Bullet Bourbon <laughs> has been a big part of my week. Uh, another big part of my week is I've been working on stuff in the music career and getting the next album ready to go. As of today, I have submitted the order. There are CDs that have been ordered and approved, and they are in production, and my next album, Derek Brink, Third Act Problems, is going to be coming to you on March the 3rd of 2023. Uh, that, coincidentally, is the day before March 4th, which that's just how numbers work. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know there. Uh, it, it, March 4th of 2022 was the day that I brought my adorable, wonderful little cats home. That was, quote-unquote, gotcha day. I don't like that term. People call it gotcha day when you adopt a pet. I, I, I don't like that term. That feels, I don't know, just doesn't feel right. But the day that my boys became my boys was March 4th. And on March 3rd this year, I'm releasing a new album, and it's got two songs on it that are directly inspired by my boys. And that feels good. That feels right. That feels like how it should. So uh, look for that 
It'll be in CD form. It'll be downloadable. The downloads are absolutely free. The CDs are free if I see you in person, or if I have to mail them to you, I'm going to ask you to pay shipping. Uh, but otherwise, it's you know it's free. Everything I do is free. And that'll be hitting DerekBrink.Bandcamp.com on March the 3rd, and uh, it'll be hitting anywhere that you see my face on March the 3rd. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I love this album. I really do. Uh, I, I I think you're going to like it. It's a little different for, for me, both in tone and in, in sound and just in the type of songs I'm writing. I'm really looking forward to this album. I'll talk more about it when it's a little bit closer. But March 3rd, Derek Brink Third Act Problems is going to come to you. And I'm very, very excited about it. So mark that on whatever you're going to mark it on. And uh, look forward to it, please, because I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, up ahead, I'm going to talk to you about uh, Gord Downey. Because as it happens, I'm recording this on February the 6th of 2023. This just happens to be Gord Downey's birthday. Gord Downey was the lead singer of the Tragically Hip. We're going to get into that uh, in just a little bit here. Uh, but uh, he, uh, uh, it, it's his birthday. He would have been... Uh, 59 years old, the Tragically Hips social media has informed me of that, and that determined the shape of this episode after I tried to record it and failed before. So, we're gonna, like, the next segment we're gonna do is gonna be all about Gord. And I'm gonna tell you about somebody who I deeply admire, who was actually a really big influence as I was working on third act problems. So you're getting kind of a, a little bit of a preview of what was in my head when I was making the new album. And you're also going to hear about a guy who I really admire and a band that I really, really love that I was way too late in getting into. But I'm going to talk all about that in the next segment. That's pretty much what we're doing this time. I don't know how long the episode is going to be, It's just, but it's, it's just going to be me talking about my love of someone whose uh, birthday I did not realize it is that's uh, <laughs> that's what the episode is otherwise if we had gone with draft one of this episode you would have just heard me ranting about the dmv and about instagram for about like 45 minutes and really who wants that we're not even 20 minutes into the episode right now as i look at the little counter that's on my screen uh, and like i'm i'm already tired of hearing me talk about that all i can say is if you're in a situation where Things feel like you're being wronged. Try to do what's right. And if you fail at doing what is right, try to make it right. That's all I'm going to say about those issues. Otherwise, we're about to talk about some really fun Canadian rock and roll. Something we're going to talk about on this particular episode that is a little bit of a godsend because I didn't know what I was going to talk about and I really want to do this weekly, at least through the first part of the year here. I want to make sure that I'm I'm kind of delivering an episode to you when I've promised I'm going to do so. That's, that's just kind of, that seems like low-hanging fruit. 
for a goal, but I want to make sure that I'm doing it. Uh, I want to talk to you about the career of a guy that I greatly admire whose birthday it happens to be while I'm recording this. I think it'll go up on the day after, but we're close enough, and those of you who care about that kind of thing will probably think, yeah, that's good enough, I'll listen to some of his stuff. Uh, I want to talk to you about Gord Downey. Gord Downey was the lead singer of the band The Tragically Hip, and I know I've talked about him and that band on this show before, and uh, uh, we're going to do that uh, again, I guess, because today would have been Gord's 59th birthday, so The Tragically Hip's social media has informed me. Uh, Gord Downey was a fantastic frontman, a fantastic lyricist, and just, just sort of... He was he was one of those guys that just hooked you into the performance of a band, you know? Because there's a lot of bands that are really good bands, but just don't have anybody hooking you in to that band. Like, there's nobody to hang your hat on in that band. So often, it's uh, in that situation, it's a band who doesn't have a dedicated lead singer. There's somebody who is the singer, but he's also playing guitar or whatever, or there's people switching up the vocals or whatever. If you don't have a dedicated lead singer to hang your hat on, sometimes it's hard to get into a band, and I've seen more than a few of those. In the case of the Tragically Hip, they had a fantastic lead singer, a guy who made it his business to connect with his audience and to find the people in the audience that weren't having a good time and try to get them to have a good time. He just, he did such a great job of maintaining eye contact with his crowd and looking out over the audience and just trying to, trying to connect with the audience. And that's just such a, such a critical part of being a front man, you know, and he did that so well. But the Tragically Hip is one of those bands that we, we don't really know very well here in America. You know, they're, they're a Canadian act, and they're huge in Canada, and so much of their songs and, and just the, their, whole, uh, their whole vibe just, just screams Canada. Like, they, they, they are Canada's band. Like, almost more, more so than any other Canadian band you can think of. Because, like, you, Neil Young is Canadian, but he's, all, he, he's American. Like, like, he's involved in American politics. You don't think of Canada, probably, when you think of Neil Young. Rush is Canadian. And, yeah, you think of Canada when you think of Rush. But you, Rush, not so much on the lyrical references to Canada. And, like, you know that they're Canadian because they have told you so. But other than that, like, there's not really that... Like, in America, we've got Bruce Springsteen, and you think, oh, that's a guy that talks about America. In Canada, Rush doesn't talk about Canada, and neither does, uh, uh, neither does Neil Young, neither does Brian Adams, neither does, uh, 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 like, even Sloan, even though Sloan does a little bit. Uh, the Tragically Hip seems uniquely Canadian in that way. They seem like Canada's Bruce Springsteen. And Gord Downey was their front man for the duration of their run. And I say that because, sadly, Gord Downey passed away in 2017. 
And that's one of those deaths where I remember where I was when I heard it. I was having lunch with a coworker from mine at work whose name is Commodore. Hi, Commodore, if you're listening. Uh, that, I swear to God, that's his birth certificate name is Commodore. Uh, I was having lunch with Commodore. We were in a uh, McAllister's Deli, the chain McAllister's. We were there, and we were sitting by the window near the door. The waitress had just delivered my food at the moment that I read it, and I didn't realize that my food was wrong because I just read this news. Like, I was, like, I remember exactly where I was when I heard that Gord Downey died. In the same way that I remember where I was when Freddie Mercury died. You know, like, in the same way that I remember where I was when I heard that Bowie had died or Lemmy had died. Like, it's just, it's one of those deaths that just left an impression on me. Because Gord Downey was, uh, I mean, he was in his 50s. He's, he's, he would have been 59 today, and he died in 2017. So somebody else do the math on that, because I cannot... Uh, he, uh, he was, he was a young guy who just had inoperable brain cancer. And I say inoperable, that's slightly the wrong word for it, because there was, there was an operation that he had that probably prolonged his quality of life significantly, although didn't do much to extend it. It did prolong the quality rather than the time. Like, that's one of those horrible decisions you have to make when you've got a, a a terminal illness, is somebody comes to you and says, hey, you've got this horrible disease, we can do something that will lengthen the span of your life, but we can't guarantee that it will be happy, or we can do something that will make your life a lot happier, but we can't guarantee that it will be long. And you've got to choose between those two options. And Gord chose to be as happy as he could, which resulted in essentially a frontal lobotomy that uh, they didn't 100% know how it was going to go. They just went in and, and removed an area that was the most problematic that would have killed him the quickest and put him back on his feet and wished him luck. And uh, this is all documented in a, in a Blu-ray that the Tragically Hip released. Uh, and that is titled Long Time Running, and it's a chronicle of the Hips' last tour and really, in many ways, the ending of Gord Downey's life. Uh, it's, it's, it's a hard watch, uh, but it's, it's a beautiful one in many ways. Um, uh, but yeah, he made the choice to be happy for as long as he could, and... He came out of the surgery, and they didn't really know how it went, and he was having some memory problems. In fact, he was having a lot of memory problems. And he decided, well, let's let's get the band together, and let's, you know, let's do something. Let's, let's see what we can, you know, let's see if we can keep doing this. So they got the band together, and the band started rehearsing, and they started playing one of the old songs, and... Uh, in the in the uh, long time running DVD, Gord just talks about how like he went up to the mic and he couldn't get the words. He like nothing came out, and he said, I, and his words were, "I I, I think I cried," because he just he couldn't get it. But through repetitive tries, repetitive takes, they eventually found one that he got. That he started remembering things, and he started singing, and he started being able to do it. And that all built and built and built to the point where they realized, okay, we've got enough, we can do a tour. 
Because in the face of dying, they had just put out a new album that they didn't know was going to be their last album, and he gets this horrible news. And in the face of this horrible news, in the face of, of knowing he was going to die, Gord Downey said, well, let's tour. Let's do one more tour then. We've got one more in us. Let's do it. So they worked up the songs, and they got to the point where they figured out how they could tour, which involved a lot of teleprompters throughout the stage, from what I understand from watching that 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 Blu-ray. And they put on a tour that was absolute fan service for absolutely everyone that they saw, culminating in their uh, August 20th, 2016 performance in Kensington, in Canada, that virtually shut down the country, that was live-streamed on the internet, that now has a Blu-ray release that I can't believe doesn't have a CD release. Come on, Tragically Hip, give us a CD version of that. You gave us the Blu-ray, and that's great. I love watching it, and I also hate watching it because it's painful to watch, but you gave us that, but give us the CD, please, as well. We need the CD, at least here in the States. I don't know if maybe it was released in Canada. Uh, they They did their last show, and that is... Really kind of where I jumped in. Because the Tragically Hip is one of those bands I had been aware of. I had seen them open for, I think, more than one act. I know for sure I saw them open for Page and Plant in the 90s when Robert Plant and Jimmy Page got together and did a tour of basically old Led Zeppelin songs and a handful of new things that Robert Plant had sitting around that Jimmy Page said, yeah, all right, I'll play, I'll, I'll, I'll play guitar on that. Uh, the Tragically Hip definitely opened for them on one of those tours that I went to. I, I, I feel like they also opened for Van Halen or somebody like that. And they were just one of those bands that I saw them as an opening act and I thought, yeah, that's, that's all right, but I'm, I'm here for somebody else and maybe I'll circle back around to them eventually. Whatever. They're fine, but they're not who I'm here for. That's who the Tragically Hip was to me for a very long time. The point at which that changed for me is like the worst point that it possibly could because in 2016, The Hip put out their then new album, which so far has really turned out to be their final album. Not a lot of posthumous stuff coming out except for like one EP, but the album was called Man Machine Poem. And it's a great album, but like I didn't know that until like later because. In 2016, Gord and the band also announced his cancer diagnosis and basically said, hey, there's not a lot they can do. They can make him comfortable, and we're going to tour again because we can, but uh, this is it. That's basically the announcement that went out. And as just a fan of music and of live performance, my heart went out to the band, and I just... I, I, I got it, and I thought, wow, that's that's really horrible. That It breaks my heart to hear that, even though I've not been a fan, really. And then word comes out that they're going to be live-streaming their final concert in Kensington. And I thought, you know what? I think I need to watch that. Even not really knowing this band, I think I need to watch that. And this is where it gets a little bit cloudy in my head. I'm sure somewhere on my blog or my social media or whatever... This becomes clearer, but I can't remember if I went out and bought their new album, uh, their then new album, Man Machine Poem, first, or if I saw the live performance first. I can't remember what order that happened in, but 
I know they were right on top of each other because I either saw the show and then immediately went out to buy the new album or I bought the new album knowing that I was going to watch the show. I don't remember which way that went. But I know for a fact that I watched the show. And I watched a lead singer having a great time and also having a terrible time. There were moments in that show that even not knowing the songs very well were deeply moving to watch as you watched a guy saying goodbye and knowing that he was saying goodbye. And there were just so many moments where you saw his heart on full display and saw it breaking. There's one moment in particular in their song Grace 2, which I knew going into it. Uh, there's one moment in particular in that song where he does this really guttural, really primal scream toward the end of the song that is just devastating because in that moment you realize you're watching someone deal with their mortality and realizing this is the last time they're going to get to do it on this scale. And it's just, it's, it's hard to watch. There's a Blu-ray of that out, by the way. It's uh, the Tragically Hip, a national celebration. Uh, check that out and check out the long-time running DVD that goes with it. I recommend watching them in that order. I rec recommend watching the last show and then watching long-time running back-to-back -back if you can. Um, watching that show made me a Tragically Hip fan because I realized, wow... This is beautiful pop rock music that I always was supposed to be into that I didn't know I was supposed to be into until now. And I got into that music and I started listening. Like, I, I watched that show over and over again because I, I continued having access to the screen, uh, the stream. Pardon me, not the scream. The, the stream. And people kept uh, kind of, uh, what's the, uh, what's the word? Uh, bootlegging. It, it it kept getting posted to YouTube over and over again and that kind of thing, and uh, I just I, I I I fell in love with that performance and I fell in love with the mystique around the band and I started seeking out songs that I liked from that show and uh, uh, and I bought the new album I bought Man Machine Poem at that time which is probably even chronicled on this podcast, and I'm probably contradicting. I'm probably, uh, sorry, that's the uh, bullet Manhattan kicking in. I'm probably contradicting stuff that I said in old episodes at that time and whatnot, but I, 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 I bought that album, and I loved that show, and I loved that album, and I started digging into their other material, and I started really falling, love, falling in love with this band and with this guy in a way that I was always supposed to, you know, but I just didn't know it until it was almost too late. And, uh, what, uh, August 20th of 2016 was that show? Gord Downey died October 17th, 2017. So I had a, I had about a year in there to fall in love with the hip. And a year is... A long time when you've, when you're dedicated to something. To spend a year digging into anything is to spend a year in a really serious way. 
and in a really focused way. And I was focused on the hip, and I, I started digging into Gord Downey's solo stuff. At that time, in, uh, in, in 2016, he also put out the album uh, Secret Path, which is a concept piece that is the story of uh, uh, Charlie uh, Winjack, or, or Channy Winjack, depending on uh, how racist you are. A uh, young, uh, I almost said Native American, but I suppose that's not the term in Canada. Inuit, I think is the term in Canada. My apologies if uh, my ignorance on the subject is in any way offensive to any party. Please correct me at db at derekbrink.com and I will do better. Uh, a young in Inuit boy who left a sort of state-run school to walk all the way home and froze to death in, I think, the 1970s, that seems right, 60s, I'm not really sure. Uh, he was a young man who was escaping a glorified concentration camp, you know, and died doing so, died in the escape, and was one of those sort of national stories and big deal stories. And and Gord wrote this album, Secret Path, in 2016 that I, I bought because I could tell it was a passion project from a guy who I had come to really, really respect and who was, you know, dying at the time. And he put out this album, and it's, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful and so emotional and so wonderful, and it's really shaped what I've done as a songwriter in the time since I heard it, Secret Path. And that made me dive deeper into his music, and I was already diving deep into the Tragically Hip. The album that I was most familiar with going in would have been Fully Completely, and Day for Night followed soon thereafter. And I, I picked up Man Machine Poem, which led me into We Are All the Same, which low-key might be my favorite hip album. It's got some of my favorite hip songs on it. And, you know, uh, the obvious Road Apples is one of the big ones. And, and you know, even just naming, like, those five albums or six, whatever it is, I think I said five albums, I'm leaving out so many albums with some of my favorite songs on them. If you're if you're looking to get in, get into the tragically hip, uh, the album Your Favorites spelled Y E R Favorites, uh, that's a good starting point because that's kind of a fan selected best of. That's that's a great starting point. That is not where I started, but it would be a great starting point if you if you're new and you want to get into them or you just want a sampling. It's a really really great starting point. Uh, but like those five, uh, Man Machine Poem. Uh, fully, completely, day for night. We are all the same. Uh, road apples. Those are those are some great starting points. That like if you're gonna get five albums, if you're gonna do like the the you know five classic albums released for the tragically hip, those should be the five albums in my opinion. Uh, I got really deep into their stuff, and then I started getting into Gord as a solo artist because of the Secret Path album. Like that just opened up a world to me, and in 2017. Boy, I think shortly before his death, uh, uh, was it before? When did this actually come out? Uh, the album Introduce Yourself, spelled Y-E-R-S-E-L-F, uh, because that's how we all say yourself. Except, oddly, on the song called Introduce Yourself, he says yourself. He's very specific in pronouncing it correctly. 
uh, Introduce Yourself came out in 2017. I think just a little bit before Gord passed away. If not, it was immediately after he died in October. So it had to be... I mean, there's a very slim margin there, but... Introduce Yourself came out, which is, I, I think, 21 songs about personal friends of his, just kind of dedicated to talking to his friends. And there's a song or two that are a little bit more broad than that, that, uh, I mean, the title track, Introduce Yourself, is really him just saying, hey... I had a life-altering brain surgery. I can't remember most things anymore. So when you come up to me, please introduce yourself. That's what that song is, and that's really kind of what this album is. And if that doesn't break your heart, I don't know what will. I fell in love with Gordon Downey, sadly because I've got a real dark side, and I was attracted to the story of his untimely young passing but I fell in love with the tragically hip because of that and I fell in love with Gord Downey because I heard his heart on secret path and it made me dive into introduce yourself and it made me dive into his other stuff in his solo career he's got uh what four six seven solo albums counting the stuff I've already talked about uh the stuff predating that there's an album called uh coke machine glow there's an album called uh, uh, Battle of the Nudes. Battle of the Nudes. That's a provocative title that has no nude artwork on it. Uh, the Grand Bounce, which is Gord Downey in the uh, Country of Miracles, technically. And he's got a collaboration with uh, the Sadies, another great Canadian band, called uh, Gord Downey, the Sadies, and the Conquering Sun. Uh, and after that, there was a posthumous release... I can't remember if Introduce Yourself was posthumous or not, and that's driving me nuts, but there was definitely one posthumous release in uh, uh, 2020. After Gord died, he died in 2017. That's one of those weird things that I kind of think, wow, at least he missed the pandemic. At least he didn't have to have cancer during the pandemic, you know? But I digress. In 2020, the album Away Is Mine came out which he did largely in collaboration with one other person whose name I sadly can't remember right now. It's not going to come to mind. My apologies. The, the other person who worked on that is probably huge in Canada, and someone in Canada is screaming at their laptop right now. But uh, uh, Away Is Mine came out, and uh, it's a double disc in CD form, or probably also in vinyl, but really it's this, it's just the same album twice. It's just one time is a full band arrangement and one time is an acoustic arrangement. It came after it came out after Gord Downey died. I think probably they just finished up the arrangement after he had died and then went back to the acoustic versions, the simple versions and thought, you know what, people who just want to hear his voice are going to want to hear this and they they put out sort of both versions in the same package and I'm grateful for them doing that uh, cuz it's really beautiful in either version. And I struggle to know which one I prefer. Because when I hear one, I think, yeah, that's perfect. And when I hear the other, I think, wow, that's that's perfect. You know? And I listened to them both by chance this week because I didn't know that it was Gord Downey's birthday. But I just happened to pop that into my player. I just... Something cosmically drew me to it, you know? And, and I listened to it. And I had a 
really good time listening to it. And then today, in my Facebook feed, it points, it, it pops up from the, the Tragically Hip. Sorry, I'm having trouble with words tonight. It pops up from the Tragically Hip that it's Gord Downey's 59th birthday. And I had just listened to Away Is Mine, and I had just listened to Introduce Yourself, and I had just listened to Secret Path. And the rest of this week, I'm going to be diving deep into those other solo albums and maybe a couple of the hip albums that I need to get more familiar with. Maybe maybe Phantom Power or, or Now for Plan A or something like that or something older. I don't know. Gord Downey was a poet, and he was a great frontman and a great singer. And since I discovered his work back in... 2016, he's had a big impact on me as a writer. The album that I'm about to put out, Third Act Problems, Gord Downey's influence is all over that, from the way that I've made some of my lyrics willfully a little bit more simple and concise, because he did that all the time, and the most beautiful way, that's in no way a criticism, do not re read that as a criticism. He just kept things simple but effective and that's a lot of what I was going for on my new album. And I've realized my vocal style is just very similar to what he's always done. And that's just organic. And we've got very similar delivery. And it's gotten even more similar since I started getting into his work and since he passed. And I don't know, Gord Downey is a huge influence on the album I've got coming up, man. And some of the things that he's written are just big influences on me as a person. I know I'm a lot, and I guess this episode is just me kind of saying thank you to the idea of Gord Downey, whatever's out there of him. Just thank you, Gord, for making me a better artist and a better person. And Gord Downey's got a new album coming out here in this next uh, couple months, a posthumous album that is a long-talked-about release that he did with Bob Rock. Bob Rock, the famous producer, the guy who played bass on St. Anger by Metallica. That may, may not be the calling card that he wants to be known by, uh, but Bob Rock was hugely influential in 80s and 90s music, and I mean you've heard something that he worked on or produced or whatever. Uh, Gord Downey did a bunch of songs with Bob Rock, and that's finally coming out here in uh, either March or May. I don't remember which. It's one of the two. One of the months with an M in it. Uh, <laughs> that, that album's coming out. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. And I've uh, greatly enjoyed the... Small deep dive I've done this week already, and that deep dive is going to get a lot deeper here in the remainder of the week, knowing that uh, I'm honoring a man on his birthday. So, happy birthday, Gord. Really miss you, man. Wish I'd have known you for longer. And checkmates, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's something to think about. It's never too late to get to know somebody. Maybe you can spend some time this week getting to know Gord Downey. If you need a playlist, please let me know, and I will tell you what to listen to. I will be glad to be your Sherpa as you climb up this 
mountain. Sorry, I'm bad at metaphors, but I get, let me know if you want to hear more Gord Downey. There's probably music playing now while I'm saying this. going to do it for us this week. Uh, uh, thank you for putting up with that. Actually, I guess uh, if you're one of the two people in Canada who loved this, uh, you're welcome. But uh, the rest of you, <laughs> thanks for tolerating that. Um, or maybe, you know what, I'm going to, uh, optimistically, maybe, maybe you're one of the people who's going to Use this as an opportunity to dive deep into the Tragically Hip and or to uh, Gord Downey as a solo artist. And uh, if that's the case, if one of you does that, if one of you does that, then this was worth the time for me. Because uh, I love that band and I love that guy, and I'm, uh, I'm glad to do this. Um, otherwise, uh, not a lot of business here to do to, to, to end the show. Uh, one of the things that I want to say when I was talking in the last segment that I didn't, I should probably say now, um, a, a, a deeply personal memory that I have revolving around the tragically hip is when I adopted my cats, I went over to get them from their foster mom's house. Hi, Kim, if you're listening. Uh, I went over there to, to get them, and I got them in their carriers, or actually Kim got them in their carriers, and uh, I got them out to my car and got them secured and and all that stuff and was driving away from the only home that they really ever remembered at that point. And that's that's kind of a sad moment, even though you're the person adopting these little guys. You know that you're taking them away from where they're comfortable and they're they're letting you know that that they're not happy because they know that they're in a car that they've never been in and like this this isn't mom's car this doesn't smell right and you're you're not mom you're a guy we we met once and we don't like who are you and why are we going with you where are we going what's happening you know they're 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 little guys and they're a little mixed up and they're they're upset and and they're letting you know it and i remember that night i was driving to the highway from Kim's place, and I wasn't even there yet, and I, I had the the two carriers for my two boys separated just a little bit. John was on the floor, and McGuire was on the seat next to me, which actually ended up being a pretty good arrangement, because John, his solution to what was going on was he just laid down in the carrier and just sort of hunkered down and went to sleep. McGuire was scared, and was letting me know he was scared. Because he started howling in that way the cats do when they're really scared. And it, you know, making a big noise for such a little guy on his way down the road. To the point that I stuck my finger 
into the crate, like through the little kind of metal bars of the crate. I stuck my finger in there, not really knowing what he was going to do, because he might have decided, no, you, you, you don't smell like mom, I don't like you, and he might have bitten me, or he might have clawed me, but he, he kind of sniffed me, and he kind of rubbed against me, I guess, just kind of remembering my smell from the one time he met me, and and just kind of went, you know what, whatever this is, it's good enough, and it's going to get me through this. And, like, he could tell I cared in that moment. And he kind of, he kind of, he kind of softened and kind of, he was still making noise and he was still fussy. And John was still a little fussy in the bottom of his carrier. I could hear him kind of moving around and kind of scratching at the carrier, even though he was, he was taking it better than McGuire. And I started getting close to the highway and I said, boys... Will it help you if you hear a little music? Because at this point I'm sad and I'm a little scared that, oh god, these guys don't love me yet. And I don't know if they're gonna... I don't know if they're gonna. I don't know if they're gonna love me. And uh, uh, So I was a little bit scared and a little bit nervous. And, and I was taking these guys home to start a whole new life's journey with them. And I said, hey guys, do you want a little bit of music? Will it help if we play some music? And I turn on the music, and I turn on the playlist that I've got, that I had just been happening to listen to at the time, that I just happened to be listening to at the time. And it was the Tragically Hip. It was my best of the hip playlist. And I started playing the Tragically Hip, driving down the highway with my boys, my boys, for the first time. And they both settled, and they both got calm, and they both went, okay, this is, this is okay, I think I can deal with this, and they both kind of relaxed on the ride down the highway with the Tragically Hip playing, and that means a lot to me. Because I got them home, and it wasn't easy for a couple of days, it was still kind of like, oh, I, I don't know if they're ever going to love me, you know, for a couple of days. And and then they eventually did, and now we're, you know, they're, they're my boys, we're a family. But that, that first night, the music that I played to let my boys know it was going to be okay was the Tragically Hip. And it's been okay since and they've made my my life a whole lot better since and i don't know that merits saying too so i wanted to say that and uh now i've said that and coming out of that not a whole lot else to report we've got the super bowl coming up i'm still shopping for vests <laughs> and an update on the last episode uh at the end of it i actually found a vest that i really liked at a at a western wear place here near st louis and uh uh, I, I almost bought it, but it was 70 bucks, and I kind of, I didn't pop on that because I thought, eh, that's a little bit more than I want to spend on something that I want to wear casually on an almost daily basis, and I, I, I just, I didn't buy it. The odds are this weekend I'm going to go back and buy it, uh, but uh, I, I didn't at that time. So, uh, still looking for vests. If anybody has a, a line on vests and, like, a trustworthy size recommendation, for me, I would really appreciate that because I don't know what size of vest I take, and they're not—they're not out there in stores right now. Apparently, they're a little bit out of fashion, I guess, because I cannot find vests that I can just try on and go, "Oh, okay, I'm a large." 
you know, or whatever. Uh, the couple of S's I have in the closet are large, but they're large in, in that brand, you know? So, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's true. But uh, I want to try on some vests, and I spent a lot of this weekend trying to do that, and I couldn't. Uh, but I found one I really liked, and I didn't buy because it was too much. That's, uh, that's where we are on the, on the great vest search. So there's, there's your update on that. Uh, we got the Super Bowl coming up. Uh, uh, you know, look, everybody's got really harsh, really <laughs> tribal thoughts on, uh, on the Super Bowl, whether or not, you know, one team is going to win or the other, you know, I, I've never, I've, I've, I've never been a big football guy. I mean, I know it's the Chiefs and the Eagles, uh, you know, Kansas City and, and, uh, uh, Seattle? Is it Seattle? Is uh, I feel like it might be Seattle. I don't even know that. I, I, it, someone's, someone's furious at me for not knowing that right now. Uh, that feels wrong. Now that I've said it, Seattle. That feels wrong for the Eagles. Is it, uh... Boy, it's gonna come screaming into my brain here in just like a second. And you're gonna hear it. It's gonna happen while you're... While you're talking to me, uh, uh, or while I'm talking to you, I guess. Uh, Philadelphia, sorry, Philadelphia. I don't know why I thought it was Seattle's the Seahawks. I think, was there a Super Bowl where it was the Seahawks versus the Eagles? Maybe that's what happened in my brain. Uh, Philadelphia, Eagles. It's, uh, I, I promise that I didn't even do that with my cell phone. Uh, it's going to be the Eagles versus the, uh, it's going to be Philadelphia and Kansas City. Uh, and that's coming up in the next week here. Like, there won't be an episode between those two periods, and, uh, uh, that'll be fine. Uh, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to go to a party, uh, even though I'm still worried about COVID, I'm going to go to a party, and there's peel and eat shrimp at it, and there's a lot of good food at it, and I'm going to have a good time eating the food, and I'll probably leave the event by halftime, uh, unless I'm winning money on it at that point, <laughs> then, then maybe I'll stay later, but... Uh, I, I, I don't have a dog in the race, you know, I, I don't, I don't have a dog in it uh, or a horse, whatever you prefer. I don't even know anything about racing. Uh, I just hope, uh, both teams have a really great time and we see, uh, a fantastic game of basketball and, uh, that maybe during the course of it, the Eagles play, uh, in the long run would be nice to hear. That was several jokes right in a row, none of which were funny. Uh, that's it. <laughs> that's the show. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for uh, letting me just kind of say some stuff. I really appreciate that. And getting personal here and there. And I, I don't know. I love doing this show. I love talking to you checkmates there at home. And I appreciate that you listen. Uh, we'll have another episode next week, I think, unless something weird happens, and we'll do a Fab 15 somewhere after that, etc., etc., etc. Thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for making me a part of your week. I hope that it always feels worth it, because it always feels worth it to me to do it for you. Uh, folks, please remember that COVID-19 is still out there, even though we're all pretending that it isn't, and even if it isn't, then there's still other diseases out there and maybe continue to just be careful and cautious and keep the health of others in mind as you go throughout your week. Apart from that, please remember that black lives matter, that LGBTQIA plus rights are human rights, that women's rights 
are human rights, and I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. And checkmates, please be good to each other, be good to yourself, forgive each other, and forgive yourself. While you're doing all that, check us out next time. Dear Derek, I can't believe you thought Philadelphia was Seattle. Signed, 